Welcome to the podcast, the Tech Ketchup Show, a Nerd for Tech Originals, and I hope we have a great conversation today, and we bring some value to the to- table to through this conversation. And first of all, let me introduce Chinmay Mishra, sir. He is founder and CEO of Hulif. He has been the founder and CEO of Alice Health, and he had a successful exit from it. So we would be interacting with him today, and would be knowing. a lot of stuffs about entrepreneurship his journey his startups both his startups the story of both his startups so welcome sir and thanks a lot for taking out time from your busy schedule and joining us for this interaction thank you thank you kushagar for having me over it's a pleasure thank you thanks a lot for for beginning of the conversation i would like to understand from you when when you look from today like when you retrospect your time when you started or maybe beyond that from your childhood do you find some mm-hmm. of the dots that connect you to the kind of person that has that you have been shaped and how do how do you see yourself getting to the to the point that you are right now how do you introspect about the, that time no no uh, absolutely kushagra i think uh, the values and the traits that we we imbibe during our formative years while growing up i think that remains with you uh, mm. and you carry it to your professional life as well mm. so um, you know personally uh, i come from a background of educationalist you know a lot of my my father was a professor at nit rukela all his life and stuff mm. so i come from a family of engineers and doctors and who placed a lot of value on education and learning and uh, you know being patient with whatever we take up mm. i think those are some of the traits kushagar that not only did i carry in my professional life and my entrepreneurial journey but i think also they have shaped up you know shaped me up uh, to the way that i am today uh, just to give you one small uh, example kushagra is i generally you know i don't get too over excited when there is something successful which is happening on mm-hmm. the same time i do not get too despondent when things do not go right so and and this is something that even you know a lot of my investors have also come back to me and asked that Hey, Chinmoy, do you do you know kind of yoga or meditation? How can you be so level-headed, you know, in either of those situations? But I think that is something, Prashant, that just comes to me. You know, that's the way that I have been raised up, not to get overexcited mm-hmm. or you know, kind of um, or over sad. So you're very right. You know, some of those traits we carry in terms of our patience, you know, ability to be patient with things, especially in an entrepreneurial journey where, you know, there could be weeks where nothing happens, and there could be a day when weeks happen. all right so it's very crucial to have to be patient to be disciplined and uh, and yeah there is there is something that you carry from your childhood but not to say that those are the only ways or the formula for being successful everyone have their own traits their strengths and the weaknesses but definitely they play, play a very big role certainly uh, so before you started your entrepreneurial journey and before you founded Alan's health you had been in the corporate sector for a while and you knew how the organization works how the companies actually function on different uh, different levels so my question to you is what do you feel like there must be certain advantages that the entrepreneur who has been in a corporate world beforehand and had been on the other side of the window gets 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 certain advantages when he is when he or she is starting their entrepreneurial journey so yeah. i would like to know i would like to know those advantages which you feel an entrepreneur yeah. has when they have a certain background of corporate and are there actually any disadvantage that a person could get when 
due due to due to his now in my professional journey before i started being an entrepreneur and all this else i worked with only two companies one was a, you know a few billion dollar company i joined infosys and moved to us for about 10 years or so worked with a company called aetna us healthcare you know through infosys so that so there i got a taste of a large corporate culture hmm. and then after my post my mba i worked with like a smaller firm setting up their product division in the us and stuff so i got a flair of the startup world kind of hmm. small company hmm. and from each of those two i had something or the other to learn now from a big corporate you learn about how a company goes about building its culture you know uh, when you have when you're employing 5000 10000 people there is a certain culture that you have built and you need to you know we get to know how they have gone about building that culture right mm-hmm. that's one and secondly when we're talking about a 15 20 billion dollar company you also get to learn about what are the kind of processes they have in place what are the kind of steps they have taken to go from say 0 to a 15 billion right mm-hmm. so you look at their growth strategy and there's a lot to learn similarly when you look at a, you know the smaller company that i work with where i was setting up pretty much their product division there you get a different set of advantages where you now get to know how do you work yourself or how do you work within those constraints constraints mm. with regards to budget right constraints with regard to the manpower that you have constraints with regard to how much luxury you can have with your customers right mm. when you are with an ibm and a customer says hey i need this and that to be done you can very well push back and say this will be done only in 3 months time but when you are in a slightly smaller firm and a customer asks something you know you have to treat that as you know as urgently as it can so both of these things and then the other you know when you're looking at a smaller company the other thing that you also learn is how do you kind of encourage people to work with you even without all the frills and the thrills of working in a large corporate right mm-hmm. how do you find the right talent who is more willing to work in a startup culture and give up a lot of things which he or she might otherwise get in a larger company right mm-hmm. so you get a flair of that as well how to build a team with all these constraints right so those are the advantages definitely you come with when you are then starting your own venture on one hand you know how you want to proceed how you want to grow your company the culture you want to set on the other hand you know how to work within those constraints right exactly. so those are the benefits certainly kushagra on the downside also yes you know this is by no means a template that if you have worked here you know worked in these kind of settings then definitely you would be a better successful more successful entrepreneur i don't think that is necessarily true you know if mm-hmm. that would have been a template then everyone would have followed that right exactly. because what happens on the negative side of it kushagra is that when we have worked with these companies and then we start our own venture you could say maybe we develop certain biases you know till the time we actually start our own venture we develop biases with regards to how do we want to scale how do we want to raise funds how what are the kind of people that i want to hire may we may not be aware of it all the time but those biases get built in us right okay. now in a large company i might want to hire hire a lot of people who do not go against me or do not say no to me mm. um, right because my growth trajectory in a corporate depends on how many yes men i have you know a bit of a psychopathy now yeah. i might be inherently getting a bias with my startup when i look to recruit people in a startup the startup world works completely differently is that you need to hire people who are challenging you at every step and that's what keeps you in check but mm-hmm. coming from a big company culture i might start hiring people who are again yes man right so one is that that you know you come in with certain biases the second could be also that maybe because of these experiences you start to think within a certain framework within a certain box 
and you mm-hmm. don't really push yourself outside of that box outside the comfort zone because you always fall back on your experience and say look where i was working this is how they had done so i'm going to yeah. do it in a similar way right whereas the contexts are very different you know as they very rightly say kushagra is that when you are inside a bottle you cannot read the label exactly right? well and that's what happens so maybe right so maybe people who are starting for the first time they haven't don't have any corporate experience or large you know significant experience and launching their own ventures maybe the advantage they have is that they are starting from a very clean canvas right mm-hmm. there's no biases there's no box to you know kind of box their thoughts in so maybe their creativity and ingenuity could be much more than someone who is coming in with a corporate experience so there are these pros and cons um, to chakra again i think it comes down to uh, am i able to just pick the ones that i feel are the good part of my experiences and then build on it or you know am i carrying everything with me and you know falling into a trap of being biased and so on so yeah. it's a fine balance there are definitely no right or wrong way to go about it it's just you know the way it is right some of us hmm. must take a corporate life and then get into entrepreneurship and i think it's becoming more and more fashionable these days to jump into entrepreneurship without experience and that wasn't so much the case when we started 10 years back Simple as that. Exactly. Uh, as you mentioned, the pros and cons of this particular point. When you thought of beginning your entrepreneurial journey, or when you thought of doing your own venture, what kind of mind change in mindset did happen to yeah. you during that period, which quite mm-hmm. which which helped you in pushing yourself and going and starting your own yeah. venture also i would like to know from you was there any point uh, before that when you actually started that you had this thought but you had to like like it was just a thought you you didn't take any action or there was certain circumstances yeah. circumstances which uh, didn't allow you to take action so what was that change yeah. in mindset that happened to you personally yeah. while you actually set out your foot in this entrepreneurial journey I think one of the good things that happened to me Kushagra without knowingly or unknowingly is that mm-hmm. when I was in the US and I was working with this client I think by that time I had significant experience in the health space so at some at one point I think uh, you know when at that point in time when you're talking about 2005 2006 mm-hmm. that's the time when even the entrepreneurial spirit in the US and you started hearing a lot about startups and so yeah. so I think that startup bug had bit me at that time and my entire decision to go to babson which is considered the mecca of entrepreneurship mm-hmm. you know babson mm-hmm. college in boston i think it was a very conscious choice on my part that i wanted to come back to india and start something of my own and i wanted to move from a technology consulting and a background to something more business driven and strategic thinking that's the whole reason i went to babson and when i went to babson i definitely had something in mind which i wanted to do post you know my mba mm-hmm. and coming back but i think a year down the line in the mba program that was out of the window i the more you know you learned about various techniques of analyzing an idea and you know when i started applying the same to my own idea i realized that there was a lot of you know loopholes and gaps in that so i think by the end of the second year of my program that idea was out of the window so then i joined this smaller company again with a very conscious decision of actually learning how the startup thing works or how a small company operates you know, the, the things that i mentioned to you before so uh, i think i was fairly it was fairly you know very uh, rewarding the job i would say uh, not just monetarily but mm. the, i was working with an amazing incredible gentleman who 
I had founded this company, so I was working with him directly. And every time I interacted with him, there was something or the other for me to learn. You know, and that actually made Kushagra my decision to leave that company much tougher, you know, because I was learning so much. But I think, you know, very funnily, uh, one of the, uh, it was in 2012, towards the mid of 2012, when uh, one day my, that, you know, the gentleman, the, the CEO, he walks into my cabin and mm-hmm. then he just stands there and says, uh, uh, he looks at me and says, Chinmoy, what's wrong? So I think, uh, you know, I just kind of, I don't know where I drew the courage from Kushagra, but I looked at him and he said, um, sir, I'd like to move on. Um, you know, I, I don't remember where it was. I think it says that you know, all, in, all that you need in your life is five seconds of bravery, right? Yeah. I think I somehow could, he could sense that I was not at ease. I, I mm-hmm. you know, so something else I was looking at. And even I felt that, you know, somehow through the courage and this, I said, sir, I'd like to move on. And that's essentially how I jumped into the world of entrepreneurship. And uh, the first few months, Kushagra, are extremely tough. So for everyone... Looking at entrepreneurship as a career path, uh, you need to be you need to ensure a few things. One is that it's an incredible leap of faith. Hmm. You know, you are foregoing your well-paid job, your monthly salaries, your all your you know the leaves and the luxury of uh, you know flying out to any place that you want to, vacationing. So you're foregoing all of that, and you are getting onto a path which is extremely unpredictable. So it's hmm. a huge leap of faith. So for the first few months, Kushagra, it becomes extremely tough when you do not have that, you know, monthly check coming in. You know, the last day of the of the month, you're still kind of logging into your bank account to see if you're getting money from somewhere, um, you know. And the second part of it is that when you, even when you start looking at this journey, I think what makes, what one should do is look at the, the support system that they have. Because at the end of the day, when you're going through the downs, the ups and the downs and more the downs, right? It is your support system, your family, your, your spouse, your parents. Mm. They are the ones that you can count on, uh, you know, for anything. So if you are struggling with building a support system, if you are struggling financially, your family is struggling financially, then my two cents would be, you know, wait for it, wait for the right time. A lot of people say that, hey, look, if you are waiting for it, the right time never comes. But, you know, that's something, Kushagra, I slightly disagree on, especially in the Indian ecosystem. Uh, in U.S. and Western world, it's still very true that, and simply because the differences between the two worlds is that in U.S., you might jump into an entrepreneurship field. And if you fail, you still have multiple options open for you. Exactly. Um, because exactly. failure there is still kind of respected. But in India, if you are starting something without financial security and you fail, then it's very tough for you to get back into a job market. And people also, because we do not celebrate failure, people tend to look down upon it that, hey, look, he tried to do something, she tried to do something and it didn't work out, you know, so he or she might be bad. So I think there is a contextually it's different. So people who are looking to start, I think ensuring that you have a good support system and ensuring that you have adequate financial, uh, you could say, cushion, for any kind of adverse situation in your life or your family's life, that becomes very critical in our context, Kushan. So, you know, I had, you know, fortunately, by God's grace, I had that second part of it pretty well covered. And maybe that's the reason I could take that plunge um, much, um, in a much easier manner than it is to some mm-hmm. other people. You very, actually, you define something which is quite a fancied upon in India uh, currently, the word of startups and all, and we sometimes uh, miss out certain points and emotionally how 
how much we get motivated rather than the correct reasons for getting motivated the kind of motivation that we are getting is due to the emotions coming from inside so you very well quite defined it that the context in usa or in the westerns of in the western world is quite different from the kind of scenarios that we have in india you have spent a lot of time building your startups and working in the corporates and you have had your taste of both the cultures like what what goes in other countries and what goes in india mm-hmm. why do you feel is this particular practice actually of not celebrating failures that mindset of looking down when someone fails why yeah. why do you think is that kind of mindset build, like why, why why that kind of mindset prevails in india because when we see a lot of indian succeeding outside there are certain things that we can learn and when and we need to learn from them so that so that we could develop that kind of culture and that kind of environment surrounding mindset in india as well so yeah, absolutely how do you how do you go about this point like how do you go about the change in mindset that happens and the various reasons due to which it happens i want kushal completely to, i i want throw the the baby with the bath when it hmm. comes to startup culture in india correctly i think a lot is changing and changing for the good hmm. you see a lot of corporates who actually hire people who have been entrepreneurs before hmm. and even in our own startup when we when we look at cvs of people who had started their own businesses maybe for hmm. some reason it didn't work out we actually encourage and you know try to get them on board hmm. um so i think the mindset is changing but I, where we are coming from kashagri is that hey, look we are still a pretty young country when it comes to uh, compared to the western world you know how many years of our independence and so on and we have been predominantly a job oriented economy right where where you you know you graduate you either pursue your engineering your doctor your medicines so that you can get a good job right and that's how our wealth creation has been the whole world of entrepreneurship the entrepreneurial ecosystem i won't say that it's new it has already been there in you already always been there in the country but if you look at it it's already always been restricted to a certain community right like the way call the banyas or the marwadi community mm. you know we almost say that if you are a banya or a marwadi you need to you need to you know start your own business but mm. if you are anything else you need to be an engineer or a doctor and take up a job so i think that's that's and that's also driven by the fact that the opportunities in our country were limited so it was already always a mad rush to be the first in the queue to get a job to get a seat in an engineering college to get first rank in the school so that those opportunities with the scarce opportunities become available to the first few who are in the queue right mm-hmm. and if you're not in the first five who get that opportunity if you're the sixth or the seventh then automatically the stigma was that hey look you are not good enough okay right? but you know we didn't consider that maybe the opportunities aren't there for all the ten people it's only there for the five Hmm. but i think that mindset is definitely changing kushagra lot and more and more people are becoming open to the world of startups and entrepreneurship and i think i i would give a lot of credit to some of the wonderful startups we have in our country like the inmobis the flipkarts hmm. zerodhas soho and even you know if you go back a little bit infosys hcl tech so these guys actually brought that revolution and showed to our you know previous generations too that look this could be a legitimate career choice um you know and not mm. simply as a you know uh, past time or as pure indulgence is a legitimate career choice so i think that is where um, things are changing and improving uh, right prashant and it will take time but uh, yeah. we are definitely reaching there where at some point in level we would also be starting to celebrate failures because 
one of the cool things personally I maintain always Kushagra is that an entrepreneur never fails. You know, a company mm. might fail or succeed, but an entrepreneur exactly. never fails, right? Exactly. That's the very fact that you had the courage to take that leap of faith. You know, it's more important to cross the starting line, more difficult rather to cross the starting line than the finish line. You know, mm. the very fact that you have taken that step, that itself shows that what you are made up of. So um, things are changing for the good, Kushagra. And I think with more and more success stories, more unicorn stories, by next five to 10 years, I think this will become almost mainstream, you know, for a lot of people. Exactly. First of all, you founded All In's Health, which was which was in the domain of healthcare sector. Right. Uh, then you right. shifted to a bit of hospitality and kind of thing right. with who live. These two domains, what I, from the personal knowledge and the domain of my knowledge, I feel that these two fields, when you look from starting a business and building something, are quite different from it. So uh, how challenging was was it for you to have that shift of paradigm in domain when you shifted from a healthcare sector to a hospitality sector and started your business? And there must have been certain certain learnings from it, which you were very sure of from your first startup that, okay, these are certain things or these are certain things which I should or should not do when I'm starting a new venture of my own. So could you uh, please elaborate over this point? Absolutely. Very, very interesting um, point again, Nakushagra. Yes, the the spaces are very different, as radically different as they hmm. could be. And uh, when we started, health was something, healthcare was something that came very naturally to us because that's what we have been doing all our professional career. Hmm. So that came very naturally to us. And then when we moved into a real estate and hospitality space, we did not have, you know, we were not aware of the nuances of that space, you know, how that mm. space operates and how do we make a name for ourselves there. But again, at the same time, Kushagra, the very fact that we didn't know that space meant that we came in with a very open mind and we were willing yeah. to learn. And we had the confidence in us, given the exit that we had before. We were very confident, confident of, again, taking something from a scratch and building a million dollar business out of it. Hmm. Right. So I think that confidence we had, and there was, as you very rightly said, that there were a lot of mistakes that we did in our previous venture. There were definitely, you know, times we could have done differently, things we could have done differently, decisions which we could have taken differently. Just like anybody else, we did a lot of mistakes. So when we started our next venture, we knew that some of those mistakes aren't to be repeated. We were, we had learned our fair hmm. set of lesson lesson from previous mistakes. So I think you could say that we started fairly more confident of our abilities and the way we wanted to go about, right? Mm. The the other part to that question, Kushagra, is that, you know, I personally believe that maybe it's real estate or health tech or agri-tech, ed tech, your domain could be very different, but some of the fundamentals of building a business remains pretty much the same. Mm. You know, Mm. the way that the discipline that you want to have in your business, the way you interact with your colleagues, the way you interact with your customers, the way you go about fundraising, the way that you focus on unit economics, profitability. I think those are some of the fundamental concepts that we try to, you know, try to carry from our previous venture. And it's applicable to any space that you go to. You know, some of these mm. foundational things which help you build a startup, uh, the way that you build about, you know, building your team, go about building your team, you know, stuff. Those pretty much remain the same, right? It's more of the domain which is different. And yeah, if it is different and you are unaware of it, it gives you a great opportunity to learn something new, uh, right? So that's how the transition took place. I wouldn't say that it has been a struggle for us. 
we were fortunate enough to get a good real estate group on board as a strategic partner and an investor to us uh, fairly early on. So mm-hmm. we had the chance to talk to them and learn a lot from them as well. You know, Great. so the more and more we are getting into it, the more we are realizing, Kushagra, uh, is that a lot of things remain the same. It's only the you could say the top twenty percent which differs from domain to domain. Uh, also, so like you had a successful exit from your previous startup. So for for the for the sake of uh, learning for the audiences, could you just explain what does a successful exit from a startup means? And then, uh, how challenging is it for for a founder or co-founder to have a successful exit from a startup in looking looking in the current setting of Indian startups today? Um, so, Kushal, if you look at any venture, right, um, the funded venture, so uh, there are a few key stakeholders, right? You have your I always put my team or my colleagues first, so that's the first hmm. stakeholder you have. The second is your customers. Hmm. You know, the third is your investors. And the fourth is definitely you and your promoters group, right? So there are the four big stakeholders in that order, I would say. Hmm. And when I talk about a successful um, you know, exit, it means that you have been able to create value for each of these stakeholders, hmm. uh, right? So when I take it one by one, if I take the case of my team, you give an example, Kushagra, there were some kids who have, we had hired when we had just started out we were paying them, we couldn't afford to pay them salaries of say more than seven to 8,000 or 10,000 maybe a month, right? Post mm-hmm. acquisition in five years time, the same guys are now getting a 70 to 80K take home, um, mm-hmm. right? You know, so that's the kind of difference that has been brought to their life. That's the value add, value addition that, you know, by God's grace, we were able to bring to their lives, right? So they mm-hmm. are one. Secondly, with regards to our customers, now, in specifically in our case, once the acquisition happened, we suddenly had an, uh, access to a much wider talent pool. We had access to much more capital. So the way that we could service our customers, the way we could enhance our product for them, that went mm-hmm. up many fold, right? So mm-hmm. our customers benefited a lot. Then the third one is your investors. Mm-hmm. Now the investors, um, you know, uh, for all the good reasons, I mean, they are putting in money because they're expecting some returns, right? Mm-hmm. So we were able to give them a fairly good return in three years' time. Um, in fact, a pretty good return, all cash exit to our investors. So we created value there too. And because we created value for our investors there, Kushagra, and the fact that we built a good karma with them. So when we were looking to raise funds for Hulib, when these investors went back to them and for a due diligence, I think we passed that with flying colors because we had yeah. created value from them. We multiplied their wealth, right? Exactly. And finally, it comes to the team. Now, the promoter's team, right? Hmm. Now, the promoter's team, you know, five, six years together, you have seen more downs, you have sacrificed a lot, you know, you have missed out on that vacation, you have missed out on the salary and all that. So then, you know, you figure out whether that acquisition is rewarding for you as well or not. And fortunately, in our case, it was very rewarding. So for all these four stakeholders, Sushagra, we could create value. And that's how I define a successful acquisition, right? Um, right? And uh, I'm sorry, Kushal, we missed the second part of your question. Uh, like I, I was, I was asking, like I was wanting to elaborate over this point only. Like, how challenging it is for a founder or a co-founder in current scenario of Indian startup to have a successful exit from their own ventures. Uh, it is happening. It is happening, uh, so Kushagra, not with the frequency or the rate that we expect, hmm. but it is happening. Unfortunately, it is slightly, you could say, smaller scale, so it passes under the radar. Um, You know, unless it's a very huge exit, you don't get to hear about it much, but Mm. that doesn't mean that they are not happening. Uh, Yeah. So it is, it is happening definitely. 
Um, it is a tough thing when you look at uh, you know successful acquisition because, as I said, unless you are able to create value for at least three of the sports stakeholders, um, mm. you know someone or the other is going to object to the whole acquisition or the exit and say, "Why do we need to do this?" Exactly. Um, right. Exactly. So at least if you have a check mark for three of the four boxes, you can still manage to convince the fourth one and say, "Look, this is something that is benefiting a lot of stakeholders. So let's go ahead with it." And the other part also, Pushagar, is that. You know, when we are starting out our own ventures, eight out of 10 cases, we don't start out with an intent to exit, right? Mm. We start out with an intent to take it public. You know, I think right. if you ask me about Pule, what's your long-term goal? The first uh, thing that I'll mention is IPO, uh, right? Mm. And that's true for majority of serious entrepreneurs, right? So exit is something that, you know, comes to you or that opportunity comes to you almost, you know, you, are, you don't know when it is around the corner, uh, okay. right? So you don't build a business just for an acquisition or an exit. You build a business to create value for all stakeholders. And if that means that someone is approaching you for an acquisition with a good offer, that's an incidental benefit, right? Great. When when you uh, had your successful exit from your first venture, had you ever thought of like becoming yourself an investor, not only in terms of monetary aspect, but also in terms of mentorship experiences that you had with your startup and providing it like in, in form of mentorship only you did you did you ever had that thought of becoming an investor and yeah. even if you had that thought why didn't you go with it or like why was this thought of again starting your own venture and building everything by yourself came from um no we did in fact um, all the four of us we we evaluated also post our exit, we evaluated a few mm. startups and we wanted to invest, uh, come in as angel investors and stuff. Uh, mm. Personally, where the challenge comes to Shagar is that any venture that I pick up, you know, mm. I pick up a pitch deck to evaluate or, you know, hear their stories. Uh, I think, you know, the first thing that I start figuring out mentally is what are the things that they're doing wrong? And that's something that again comes from our experience that, hey, we did this five things wrong and these guys are also doing something you know, similar lines and it is equally wrong. So it, become, it became at one point um, when we were evaluating, it became very difficult for us to keep our minds open and the biases aside and purely judge a deck or, an, uh, or a startup from purely its merit. There was always a comparison with what we were doing. And so that's the reason we said that, you know, maybe angel investing is not something our cup of tea. And also, Kushagra, that led me to actually have much deeper respect for the angels who had invested in us. Because once you are on that side of the table, that's when you realize how difficult it is to part with your money, you know, even if it's a small ticket. And when you talk about angels who are meeting you for the first time and investing, you know, 1 CR, 1.5 CR of their hard-earned money, you have deep respect for them. You know, so that's the reason, Kushagra, we stayed away from the angel investing space. In terms of the mentorship, I'm currently mentoring a lot of startups. There are I wanted to give back something to my state of Odisha. So I'm mentoring a few startups from Odisha. I'm mentoring an edtech startup based out of Delhi. So I help them out in completely in a pro bono. I have no expectations of any returns, but I just help them in the way that I could. I connect them to investors in my community, you know, help them evaluate the pitch deck and stuff. So, so that's that's where we are. And last part of it, Pushagra, why again a second venture? I think it's uh, entrepreneurship is very, very addictive. Once you have started your own venture, it's very difficult for you to go back to a job. Um, you know, it's extremely addictive and you just can't live without it. The adrenaline, that rush that you have every now and then, the excitement that you live, the world of uncertainties, um, I think it's, 
you know, very difficult to get away from that. Uh, even though you know that maybe the life on the side is, could be much more rewarding financially at least, hmm. but the world of entrepreneurship is absolutely rewarding when it comes to, um, you know, your whole changing you as a person. I mean, entrepreneurship changes you as a person, um, hmm. right? Hmm. Joy of creating something from scratch, um, that is, you know, uh, unparalleled. So I think that's the reason we thought of starting something again. It's, it's purely an addiction. Great, sir. Uh, also, so like I would wish to know how did this idea of who live actually came from? And we have discussed in this podcast that you were some in doing something in the healthcare sector. Then, like, yeah. how did you figure out that the problem statement here? Like, how did you come across this? Uh, I think I don't think Vishagra we had a big eureka moment, um, you mm. know, as such. But post our, you know, once we moved out, post the acquisition, about you know, helped them with a the year with the transition, and then we moved out. So we were looking for some other big ideas and uh, maybe we came across a few students who uh, you know, mentioned about their experiences while staying in some of the North Campus facility in Delhi and all that. Mm-hmm. And that kind of gave us an idea that, hey, why don't we look about, you know, look around the school living and shared accommodation. Um, one of the things that has already always fascinated me, Kushagra, is that I firmly believe that going forward, it's going to be a shared economy, whether it is, you know, in terms of driving, you know, you have the shared cars in terms of even real estate ownership is now a shared ownership. So I think I was very bullish on the shared economy. And that kind of almost pushed us towards this space of shared accommodation. And when we looked at shared accommodation, there were two segments. Essentially, you could say big segments. One is Hmm. you talk about shared accommodation for executives or working professionals, young couples who are moved to a city, they don't want to own an asset because they don't have any plans of staying there. So they look at shared economy, uh, shared accommodation. The other one is the student part. Yeah. Right. And I think we could relate more to the students part because all all of us have been through that phases in our life. And Hmm. we know the challenges and the struggle that comes with student housing. And so that almost pushed us towards the student housing segment, Pashadra. And then we realized the more we went deeper into that, we realized that, hey, look, this is actually a huge virgin space. There are not many people who are into this space. Even if they are, they are predominantly focused on the metros, the tier one larger cities. Whereas when you look at our focus areas, which is slightly the smaller cities, the non-metros, that's a gold mine, uh, right? So I think the more and more we started exploring this space and researching it, we figured that, hey, look, this could be a very, very interesting space and something that um, we do have the appetite to take it up. So that's how we the trajectory went. Great, sir. Uh, so now this would be the last one for this podcast. I wish to know the kind of fear when you started your entrepreneurial journey or when you were about to begin your entrepreneurial journey, mm-hmm. the kind of fear that you had back then I personally believe that fear is something that will remain with you, like even if you reach to a certain level of spirituality and calmness. Fear is an element that will remain with you. It is your response to fear that changes over the period of time. So how has your fear that was when you were starting your entrepreneurial journey and now the difference between the fear that you have when you are starting something new? How that has been like completely different for you? Uh, it has very, very rightly said, Kushagra, that um, you know, fear always remains. Um, even you know, 10 years in this journey, the fear is always there. And as you very rightly said again, that it is fear that helps you make wiser decisions and uh, you know, also cover your basis to a lot of extent so you don't expose yourself to unnecessary risks. I think that's fear is what you know, drives those, is motivating that. 
But yes, the way that you deal with fear changes over a period of time, or rather, Kushagra, what you term as fear, or what you are fearful of, that yeah. changes over a period of time, right? Yeah. So when we are starting out, I think we were afraid of when we read about some of our competitors raising, say, a huge fund, um, right? Or one of the you know people that we were targeting as our customer going ahead with our competitor. Those were the kind of things that we were very afraid of. We were, we were fearful of that. We were fearful of you know missing out on salary payments to the people that we had hired. You know how do we how do we generate their salaries? How do we you know uh, always hoping that we don't miss out on those things? But gradually over a period of time, um, you know, and, and as we sit today, Pushagra, you know, when I read about my competitor getting funding or I read about someone else tying up with something else, I don't, I'm no longer scared of that or I'm no longer fearful of that because being in this space, you start to know or you start to read between the lines. You know that what you read is not what is in reality. There is a lot of things happening in the background, which maybe the startup media or the, you know, the general social media community misses out on. So you know that, you know, when you are in this, you'll know a lot of things which happen behind the scene, right? So you're no longer scared of that. You're no longer scared of the fact that, hey, look, if it's a $10 billion industry, I don't mind being the 10th largest in a $10 billion industry. I don't need to be the first. I don't need to be the largest, right? So in a way, then what you're doing is you kind of filter yourself out to all this noise and you stop those noises affecting you and you're rather focused on what you are doing and you try to do that the best of your ability, uh, right? Mm. But then certain fears always remain, as you rightly said, uh, you know, it's fear about disappointing your customers, disappointing your investors, your team members, or not being able to lead your team successfully. I think those will always remain with us, Kushagra. But um, yes, there are a lot of things which you're fearful of 10 years back. You know, you just take it in a stride and say, hello, you know, I know the ground realities. So, um, mm. you know, I'll take that in a very different way than what someone who is outside the space might, you know, look at it and, in, uh, in, you know, kind of interpret. Great, sir. Awesome. Uh, thanks a lot, sir, for joining uh, for this podcast. And I hope you enjoyed yourself in this conversation. Okay. Thanks a lot, sir, for joining. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, you know, points that you brought up. And it was lovely speaking with you. Thanks a lot, sir. It was completely our pleasure. And we would be looking forward to more such interactions. Thanks a lot, sir. Thank you. Thanks, Sikara. Take care and good luck. Thank you. Thank you, sir.